Welcome to Blue Collar Love, the intense Starfire 59 slash Jason Martin retrospective podcast. My name is Samuel, and it takes two to multiply and to leave a bruise. And I'm Aaron. So I went to Japan. See you soon, Sam. I call you from a hallway. Very nice. So today we are, it feels like forever um, since we recorded old or recorded yes. a review on old. So now we're finally getting to 2004 and we're talking and about an actual album. <laughs> yes, an actual album, not an EP, not a collaboration. Um, so we are talking about the 2004 album, I Am the Portuguese Blues. Um, and this album had Jay Martin, of course, on guitar and vocals, um, Jeff Cloud on bass. I think this was Jeff's last album, if I remember correctly. That's correct. I believe that's correct. And Frank Lins returning on the drums because I played he played drums on old too, right? Correct. And then we also have Aaron Sprinkle mixing, Troy Glessner mastering, and Chris McCadden on the art direction and design. And I, I know that person just had to work so hard to come up with a <laughs> cover art for this. Um, they probably spent hours in Photoshop. Have you seen? Do you have the? Do you have a physical copy of this, Sam? I do not. So tell me about the physical copy. What other than you know the iconic cover? Tell us what the iconic cover is, <laughs> and how it relates to Starfire's history. And then tell us about the physical copy. Well, there's a couple. Um, I don't know. A um, couple things. A um, couple. When you see, like, if you Google it. Okay. If you Google the image, it just comes with like a silver blue cover, right? But then there's also the actual CD cover where like on the spine, there's like this like um, white script that has like, I'm the Portuguese blues and the song titles written and everything. And then inside it's just like blank. <laughs> just papers of that, that same color that you see on the, co on the cover. So it's, you know, Nothing crazy. And then when you open it, so it's it's like a the first page. I am the Portuguese blues, right? And then the last page, there's like the credits and everything. And then the back is just like that silver blue cover. So yeah. But on the back insert, there's like this cool Starfire 59 um seal, which apparently they also made some some cigarette match stick pack what are they called matchbooks matchbooks um that um apparently they held that um jason and the band um gave out during the tour and i have a have one of those matchbooks that somebody sent to me i really appreciate it. i'm never going to use them but it's really cool it has that look um it has i'm the portuguese blues on the front of the matchbook and on the back it has that little seal that's on the back of the album cover too so pretty cool <laughs> Very nice. And um, I don't know what uh, Jason has against pitting the lyrics in the booklet. Oh, um, God. <laughs> but you know what other band did that? R.E.M. They didn't pit lyrics into their ba band, um, into their stuff until well into the late 90s. 
half the time in the 80s, they even have the, the, the songs in the right order on them or had them listed at all. Yeah. <laughs> so um, maybe just to preserve the mystery of the music. It's um, so infuriating, though. <laughs> it, it is, especially when, you know, you before the age of the internet, when the only way you could get these lyrics was to, yeah. uh, you know, look them up. So um, it's a little bit easy. We have it easier now, right? We have the internet. We can look up any lyrics we want with a few exceptions. Such and a then to like Velvet Blue music, Jeff Cloud Seals, so many releases, no lyrics. It drives me crazy. And I uh, listen to people. I, 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 I sent money to people to transcribe Ellen um, lyrics for me, the band Ellen on Velvet Blue, because I was just like, I need to know what this guy's saying. <laughs> So what you're saying is maybe we should like get a posse together that can be the um, transcription um, branch of Velvet Blue Music and just transcribe all the lyrics. That would be great because, yeah, I did successfully find some people that helped me with the lyrics. Then, so, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember we actually did do that for our Bon Voyage album a little while back. We went out and they're like, hey, guys, help us out. So we appreciate that. Actually, what I did, I transcribed them and said, hey, are these right? And people came back. So the Ellen and somebody else did all the work. So I did most of the lyric work. But I'm glad I did it, though, because that album, if you haven't listened to it, Lies by um, Bon Voyage. It's great. Oh, wait, is that the right amount? No, it's Lies, right? No, it, was the, it was the right amount. It was the right amount. Okay. Lies isn't until later. That's later. Okay. <laughs> so much <But> stuff. <laughs> back to the blues. So, yes. this album, um, as I was referencing with the cover art, it is a throwback to Silver Gold Americana, where the we just had the, the monochrome backgrounds, um, which artistically, I think they look cool. Um, maybe a little bit boring for some people, but, you know, just... Just having them there, they look cool. I like that. Uh, I mean, I think it would have been funner if they would have kept that theme through their entire discography. And no, me too. The Lassie Foundation ruined it, though. I'm, sorry, I'm just playing. Um, so, I don't know. It is what it is. But then we wouldn't have gotten, like, my favorite cover art, I um, Leave Here a Stranger, or even... Or some other cover art I'll talk about down the road that I really like. So it's, it's a toss-up, right? I wish, I wish this would have been like an actual like blue, like a navy blue cover, monochromatic, instead of like silver part two. But because, I mean, that's what it is. So, but whatever. Um, and I think, the of course, the, um, the cover art fits thematically into Starflyer 59's own lore, if you will, if a band can have lore. Um, and the fact that Jason Martin has come out and said he wrote a lot of these songs after Americana, intended mm -hmm. to release them, and then said, ah, scrap it, and we went on to get Fashion Focus instead. And I'm personally very thankful that we got Fashion Focus. I love that that string of albums of Fashion Focus, Everybody Makes Mistakes, and Leave Here a Stranger. I think that's a near-perfect trilogy. Can you imagine... This coming out after Americana, like that's crazy. Like I think it just would have been felt boring, honestly. Like they needed to change it up at that point, yeah. or they would have been a one-trick pony, if you will. Are you familiar with the title where the title came from? 
Um, it's just because they play the blues, right? Close. In an interview in the, in the interwebs many years ago, 2004, you could probably find it maybe. But um, so in an interview about the album, Jason was like, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, there's some blues chords in there, but it's, straight, it's mostly straightforward rock. And I'm Portuguese, so I'm the Portuguese blues. That's the title. And he, and and then somebody was like, "Really?" He's like, "Looking, you know, in hindsight, it's not a good title." So I'm like, "Did you not come up with the title? Like, who who's naming these albums? Is Jeff Cloud naming them? Like, why didn't you like the album? I mean, does Jason not pick his titles? That's the weird comment. I didn't like the title. <laughs> I mean." I think it might be one of those things retroactively. You don't like no. it as much. I love it still. I don't know. It's just really weird. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a it's a fine album title. It's just kind of like whatever. Um, the only thing I like, kind of wish is it wasn't so on the nose. Like Americana doesn't really have Americana music in it, right? None of none of the album titles really. Rich. I mean, the fashion focus. I mean, old okay, but. Talking voice for singing voice, changing. I mean, none of the titles really, you know. I mean, they're not grounded in anything. There's there's rarely a title track on any Starfire album. Yeah, but I think also the titles do tend to reflect the music, but in more creative ways. Like mm. Americana, for example, talked about um, you know the life of an American band and how rough it was, right? Americana, if you will, because that's what Americana is. <laughs> But that, that was our interpretation. I agree with that, but who knows if that's what Jason was talking about. Just like with um, um, the fashion focus. Oh, that did have a title track. Scrap that one. Talking voice versus singing voice. Like We're going to get there. We're going to get... Can you wait another album for that one? Yeah. It's, it's true. Anyway, all right. So let's get into this. Like We've been 10 minutes. We haven't even... So, <laughs> this is actually a really short album, though, so I'm not it too worried about it. Um. So, yeah, I think that's all the preamble we have on this album. There's not too much to it. Um, I will say up front, and I'm going to talk about this a lot as we go through this. I think um, this was right when the White Stripes were getting big. And I think Jason Martin may have heard a, a couple of their albums and really liked them. So let's talk about this track by track, starting with track number one, Wake Up Early. Wait, before before we do that, can we deal with our history with the album? Oh yeah, my apologies, sir. Um we're in the we're now officially in the stream of Starflyer where I have no history <laughs> for what I study it, right? Like I just I have no connection to these albums. I um I don't know, Starflyer 59 went through this weird I think starting with this album, kind of moving forward where like they barely got mentioned anywhere um like they were still getting played and still selling stuff but they weren't popping up like on review sites as much i barely heard their name and when i did everyone was talking about gold and silver yeah so like this album just kind of feels disjointed um in their timeline a little bit for me so that's me but i'm sure you have a much more interesting history not really. Um, it came out 2004, whatever day. I guess we could look it up. You guys could look it up. It came out that day. I got it because at this point, I'm just anything Jason Martin. I'm getting it. So I got it. Um, 
so I've been listening to it since 2004. Um, when we do the wrap up, I'll go into my overall feelings about it or whatever. But um, yeah, that was it. I got in 2004, listened to it, and like I, I mean, I love it. I mean, and I know in the Starfire community, a lot of people hate it, um, and I get reasons why, and we'll discuss later. But I mean, I like it. I, I like it a lot, and I listen to it. It's and for real, for real, it's the one Starfire album, and I know it's gonna be sound crazy. But if I listen to it on shuffle, right? And like, or whatever, I'm on my Spotify list and I just shuffle it or I'm some whatever. And one song from this album comes, I'm like, oh, okay. I will stop the shuffle, go to the album, listen to the whole album through every time. And you mentioned it's a short album. And I and I love that it's so short because you can do that. It's just, I don't know, it's like 30, like 33 minutes or something like that. You can just like listen to it and boom, really quick and it's done. And I love it. So... I don't have any emotional connection with it besides like driving with it. It's I'll, okay. I'll get to that later, but yeah, that's my history with it. Fair enough. Um, so we'll go ahead and get started with this. Our first track on here. And I, if you don't mind, I'll take the lead on it, Aaron. So go ahead. Wake up early. So I don't know if Jeff knew this was his swan song, but I like that. We open with maybe Jeff's best baseline. <laughs> we've ever heard from like this is his swan song right um, yeah i i like that just i appreciate a, i'm like a very very horrible amateur bass player so i appreciate the bass lines um and as i mentioned earlier this song gives me huge white stripe vibes all stripped down and bluesy um this was when garage rock was really taken off in in the america so I think um, that may have played into some influences on this album for why Jason said, hey, I want to pick up some old songs I already write and just kind of translate them to garage rock. And this is one of the few times when Starflyer as a three piece kind of works to their advantage because it gives it that more stripped down bare bones sound that this album's very much going for. Um, I don't know if this trio, Starflyer as a trio, would have worked quite as well on an album like Old. I also appreciate the lyrics being true to Jason's Blue Collar Roots. Um, and, like, this theme hits me so hard. Um, this is why I love this band. As a blue collar worker, sometimes, no matter how hard you work to get ahead in life, you're never going to get ahead in life. Suck it. Mm. Um and that's the song and it hits me hard and I appreciate its honesty. And I'm sure the band felt like this, right? No matter how hard they try, no matter they make two back to back near perfect albums with leave here, stranger and old, and they're still not making any money from being a band. Which that's is crazy. Suck. <laughs> I just, it's just, it's, it just, it just boggles the mind. <laughs> I mean, uh, I get it. They're not mainstream, but so, yeah. A lot of this is a great. There's not like okay, like like Velvet. Uh, oh yeah, um, um, New Order. They were never mainstream. Indie famous, but not mainstream. There's Kraftwerk, not mainstream, but indie famous. There's a there's like a history of like indie famous bands, Violent Femmes, um, where they have indie crit where they're respected and known in circles 
And you and you're right. Like with those, like leave here a stranger, fashion focus. Starfire should have been one of those bands. It should have been like that. And it just boggles the mind that it didn't happen. I don't understand, but it is what it is. So yeah. So that's my thoughts on this track. What do you got, Aaron? All right. So first off, this is my fourth favorite song on this album. Um, it's a great slow build. Just like it reminds me. And again, underneath it's obviously better, but that whole structure of the slow build into the like the guitars soaring and everything, um, great. The, the scorching guitars once the they come in, um, this song brings the heat at the forty-eight second mark and throughout the song. There are little guitar flourishes you can hear throughout. Um, listen to the oh, I should say it's all the top. Listen to the song. I mean, this whole album on headphones, you'll hear a lot. There's a lot going on. And like, and that's what really like re-listening to this um, album this week. Like I listen to it in headphones. It's so different because normally I listen to it blaring in the car, just cranked up, which I'll talk about later. But here on headphones, you hear a lot of stuff you don't really hear um, without headphones. Okay. The one minute 50 um, second to one minute 53 second mark there's a nice breakdown um this is a great start to that to this album it gives you an understanding of what you're about to get into um at the end of the song it sounds like a drumstick drops at the end of the song um and happens on the um song acrobat by u2 on the album octune baby 2 um at the beginning of the song though um it sounds cool i don't know that was like a drumstick dropping or whatever that is at the end i really like it it sounds really cool and I think you're right. It's the blue collar theme, the lyrically, I think the song's about the travails of touring or driving a truck for a living, but probably both. <laughs> three stars for me. And a lot of these songs are three stars on the on this album because not get to it later, but because I don't hate these songs, they're great. But there's other Starfire songs that Jason happened to write that are better. So, yeah. That's what I think about Wake Up Early. What do you think about Unlucky, the second track, Sam? All right, Unlucky. Um, so this song feels like an excuse to play some blues licks. Um, I don't feel like the, the lyrics sound like they were kind of slapped on after the fact, after they said, hey, let's play some blues. Um, super straightforward, simple. Um, there's some guitar effects in some places. And I don't know if that was, you know, um, Frank Lins throwing in some of his technical flair or if that was just Jason Martin playing around his guitar pedals. Um, and then the lyrics, they boil down to, oddly enough, teenage concerns, which, other than maybe silver and gold and that's only some of the songs um jason doesn't really touch on teenage concerns he's very much an old man at heart i think yeah um but this song boils down to dang my girlfriend's boyfriend is back um that's always how i interpret it and i think this may be the start to a trilogy of songs so we know that Jason has a habit of doing three songs in a row or so that tend to thematically link together. And I'll talk about the next ones here in a minute. But yeah, um, super simple song. It's okay. I think it's um, more than a trilogy. I think it's the whole album. 
I'll get into it. Um, but I can see, yeah, definitely the next three, but the whole album as well. Um, and so I think that uh, the theme is, um, I mean, you can, you can see it as romantic relationships or just relationships in general. Um, gone awry, but um, I'm with you. Um, this song sounds like a, it's a person who has an affair with somebody who already has a boyfriend. Um, but but it's not a crying shame that the boyfriend is back, which opens up a whole slew of options about the nature nature of this relationship. So it's your boyfriend's back. It's not a crying shame. So is the person happy that the boyfriend's back? So I have to deal with them. Some other opportunities, some other possibilities that we're not going to get into because it could be more risque. So just an interesting lyric. Um, I love the squelchy guitars at the beginning, the the bass and the and the um, lead guitar crunchy on the song. Um, this is like a mid tempo, mid tempo Black Sabbath song, <laughs> and I'll mention Black Sabbath a lot in this too because I get a lot of Black Sabbath sounds and feels on this album. Um, yeah, like I said, seventh favorite song on this album, three stars. It's a good song. I won't skip it. Enjoy it every time I hear it. Want me to take Teens in Love, Sam? Tell me what you think about Teens in Love, other right. than they're pathetic. <laughs> no, they're not. We were Teens in Love. Stop it, Sam. Um, this song is a nice change-up musically from the first two songs. Um, it's, it's slowed down. I love the music during the choruses, and Jace's vocals are perfect. They're very Americana sounding vocals. And so we were talking about earlier about different albums that you, you feel in this, but um, I feel like the vocals on this and, and uh, a few other songs have some very Americana-esque vocals. Um, I think I hear a Vibra Slap, which before Wayne Everett, we reviewed the Everybody Makes Mistakes album. I didn't even know that existed, but I think I hear that in the background. Um, throughout this song, but there's definitely some symbols. Um, I think this is like a Thin Lizzy makes, meets Black Sabbath um, type of vibe musically here. Um, the guitar solo at the end by Jason is sick. He crushes it. Um, the line that says he shows his teeth when he gets you home reminds me of Little Red Riding Hood being preyed upon. And... Um, there's this line, of course, teens in love and it sh and the sh shows with no hope. And if that's love, then show me the rope. First off, that's the most Ronnie Martin lyric on this album. So emo and dark. Love it. But at the same time, it's like. You know, it's like. When you're you, like you mentioned earlier, like teens and love is so dumb. It is. And like you get so wrapped up in that and you think that that's love. And it's it's really just this infatuation and lust most of the time. And if you think that's love. You know, show me the rope. I mean, because, yeah, that's usually what infatuation and lust does if it goes unbridled without some restraint. And so. I, I like when I hear that, you know, that course, I was reflecting that. It's like, it reminds me, you know, like, yeah, you can't always be in fact, I mean, infatuation and lust are good in doses, but 
unbridled is not good. So you need to temper that with some like companionship and friendship, paying some bills and some real life stuff. So you don't go off the deep end. So I really appreciate that. Um, three stars and fifth favorite song in this album. What do you think, Sam? So, um, I don't have a whole lot to say about the music other than it does remind me of Americana. Um, it also reminded me a little bit of everybody makes mistakes. Um, maybe even some parts of old, but this is a nice change up in the, in the music. I think it has a bit more variety than a lot of the rest of the album, honestly. Um, but I find the lyrics really interesting here. And I, I often think after we interviewed Terry, um, Taylor about, you know, lyrics and Jason Martin, how he said he says so much with so little. And um, I like what you was saying about infatuation only being a start because, you know, scientists have proven infatuation only has a shelf life of six to nine months, maybe. Yep. Because that's all you're, all you're doing is getting, your brain's giving you a whole bunch of dopamine. Yep. And it's, it's like any other drug. Eventually, you're going to run dry unless you find something new. Your the drug will not continue to fulfill you. Yeah. Um, and that's all young love is. If you don't base it on something more than just that dopamine rush, you're, it's all going to burn out really quick. Yep. Um, and I just like the idea of just tearing down the ideals of young love. Not there's not a part of me that loves young love, right? Um, I am a sucker. I I found out something about myself. I started doing this app that suggests stuff for you based on movies you like. And it's like, you 100% like romance movies. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm a romantic at heart. But that doesn't mean I'm not so... I, I still see how dumb young love is. And I really like the kind of dark humor. I don't know if it's humor it's, or just a dark saying here, but... <laughs> dark humor, I think that's what it is. Um, but it's just like, you know what? If this is all love is, is a stupid dopamine rush, just hang yeah. me. Hang me now. It's Exactly, because it's and, it's it's just as ridiculous as like in young. Oh, I'm gonna marry this person. You know, teens have babies and start lives based off of this, and it's that's just as ridiculous as I'm gonna kill myself because this is all there is. I think it's a dark humor in that because it's equally dumb. So is he saying teens in love is just kind of like committing suicide? Let me on mm-hmm. yet. I mean, dude, that is the, they were dumb. I, I actually listened to that story book properly. The, they the weren't dumb. If you look at the life expectancy, though, people were dying in their early, like late 20s in that time frame because of medicine and stuff. So at 13, 14, you were middle aged. So, yeah, I get what that. you're saying. <laughs> anyway. And yeah, and on a side note, this is not to make light of actual suicides please if that's anyone you know have them get help or you whatever yeah um but i like this song um it's like if this is a trilogy this is the empire strikes back of this trilogy and i love it (laughs) so yep and here comes the the conclusion to it the big idea you want to take it sam or you want me to i can take it uh the big idea all right uh, musically, first off, let's start with Oh Yeah, Staccato Guitars. You know my love. I've mentioned it before. Give me just that. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, it gets yep. me every time. Yep. Um, and 
I like that we had a trilogy so early in the album. He usually saves them for the back half of the albums. So I call this trilogy, um, because I have a tendency to name them, The Dark Side of Young Love. (laughs) And uh, what we kind of have here is the characters from the past two songs, you know. uh, They're cheating around, you know, on an unlucky. And then they're being young, dumb, and in love, on teens in love. And now um, they have separated, you know, some sort of separation and to throw a wrench in the mix, it appears possibly an unplanned pregnancy with the line, it takes two to multiply and leave a bruise. Um, and I think that rather or not that was his intentions, um, when you get emotionally invested in someone, rather you make it physical or not, you're always going to leave yourself bruised. And the deeper you get invested, the more you're going to hurt yourself. Um that's one reason, you know, um, the kind of intense dating some people do where they date really hard, date really hard, and then get all emotionally invested and then break up. They're just setting themselves up for failure because they're just giving themselves all these bruises and messed up um, emotional conflicts that when they try to get to a real relationship they actually want to keep, they don't know what to do with it. So I, I like this as a conclusion to this trilogy um, what's the big idea? Okay. Aaron, what do you got? Okay, well, I'm going to go back to um, the first song. So Wake Up Early, it's about the blues of being in a committed relationship. Wife, husband, committed relationship. You're being away trying to earn a living. And so second one, infidelity, obviously. That happens sometimes. Teens in love. Teens in love and the 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 craziness that goes with that and now the big idea is i okay all right i'll get to the lyrics let me get let me get to the um music first and then we'll because because i think like i said this is a whole concept album about relationships so um this is a hit bobbin song for sure the drums are the star of this song there's some guitar effect that sounds like a tuning fork or something throughout the song that's amazing it's like um you'll hear it if you listen to it um and of course the breakdown in the middle of the song is great and jason once again delivers a top-notch solo during it doing that breakdown the guitars in the background during the last 30 seconds of the song are hidden gem um have you listened to the song um on headphones um sam at some point yeah i listened to this whole entire album on headphones okay and you know that last 30 seconds um there's just there's like a, he's like there's like a lot of stuff going on back in the background and i don't know if people hear that but if it's amazing um so yeah all right so yeah it's it's great um it's a hidden gem incredible guitar work by jason um and and the lyrics in the song, I think, are about marital problems specifically, but in a personal conflict in general. Um, and like you you um, mentioned, the two to it takes two to multiply. Um, but um, like the second verse, eternal strife bigger than knives. It comes on like a feeling that I never wanted. This is why the trips you try to come on like a feeling like I'm ever haunted. 
And so sometimes in relationships, you know, eternal strife, like generally speaking in relationships, when you have a fight, it's not about the thing that happened. Like you come home, you ask your significant other, wash the dishes and they're not done for whatever reason. Maybe you fixed the fence. You got, you're tired from work, whatever. And you didn't do it. And now there are fears because they feel like you're not listening to them or you don't care. And so now the bigger than knives, because those words as in people of emotional abuse can attest to this. Emotional abuse is worse than physical abuse. And those emotional, sometimes when you get so upset and mad, you say things that can just hurt people. And, and it comes on <laughs> feeling that you never want it. And then afterwards, you're ever haunted because sometimes you say things you can't take back. And so I think this song, What's the Big Idea? It's, it comes as a fundamental flaw in human communication. Um, oftentimes, like we assume we know what the person is doing or saying, like the scenario, you didn't do this just so you come home. Oh, this person is mad. They're disrespecting me. They don't care about me, whatever. They might just fell asleep because they're tired from work but you're just assuming the worst and you will say something or do something. And that person is forever haunted by what you said or did. And so instead of like coming to that person, talking to them, giving, extending grace to that person um, saying, Hey, this thing get done. Hey, what's, what's the big idea? Why did you do that? What, what's up with that? And to me, that's what the song's about. And I don't know if it was Jason's intent. Cause again, these lyrics are, cryptic is af and <laughs> but that's what i get from it and i just and when i listen to this i'm just like in my own personal life i'm like what did i assume when every time the song comes on like, what did i assume that my mom or my wife or my kid did and i just assumed that without asking them well you know why do i assume i know what their big idea was like why didn't i like talk to them about it and that's what i think this song's about and i really like it three and a half stars my second favorite song on this album very nice. Well, tell me um, what you think about the next track, the middle track of this album, The Worth of Labor. My ninth favorite song on this album. <laughs> I call this Worth the Labor or I love that, Matt. I love that weird little sound. I do, too. That's like the best song part of the song. Um I do love that in the line um, in the song, this is not for needles. <laughs> um, I think Jason's admitting that this album's never going to be released on vinyl because it's just not worthy. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but I laugh when I hear that because it's not on vinyl, right? I think this is my Island only. Uh, wasn't there a vinyl version of this, though? No, it was an EP. Of, okay. I need some help in three other um, unreleased tracks. Yep. This okay. is definitely released on vinyl. Yep. So whenever I hear that, I just laugh. Um, all right. I think in the song, Jason's singing about how he feels his music career and live shows are worthless, which sucks. Makes me sad because he's so good. My worthless labor. Um, these just more cryptic Jason lyrics. Um, it could also be about, I mean, it could be about him, his touring career, his musician, being a musician. It could be about how he doesn't like Frank Lenz's drum setup. 
like the stack your face lyric and going places. Who knows? Um, love the drum pattern. Lens um, does a great job of um, delivering a drum performance that's perfectly aligned with Jason's vocal delivery. From a minute forty, a minute forty-seven seconds to a minute fifty-nine seconds. The guitar breakdown is a nice change up from um, what was going on in the song, and I love that it changed it up. Again, three stars, ninth favorite song in this album. What do you think, Sam? So um, I feel like the music on this almost would become redundant if not for that. Um, I love weird mouth sounds. It just, you know, it's like my favorite part of um, Come Together by the Beatles. But with that said, uh, the music is just kind of meh. I mean, okay, it's it's good, well played, but it's just we're getting. I think this is the um, this is where you see the limitations of straight ahead simple garage rock because there's less textures and there's less variety. It starts blending together a little bit. So the lyrics are a bit more interesting than the music here. Um, and I 100% agree with you what you said about the lyrics. Every artist comes to that point when they're constantly barraged with suggestions, right? Rather, it's from managers, fans, whatever. And do this. You should, you should do this. Oh, you should do this. And it's just cheapening the art of what you actually produce. And you can do one of two things. You can do what everyone tells you you should do, which is how you get the Rise of Skywalker. Or you can do what you actually want to do and have everyone still hate it, which is how you get The Last Jedi. So, um, really interesting commentary on his own career here. And uh, a worthy song for the middle. Nicely, if you're a stranger reference, recover. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, not funny. So this is where we get into like this four strong stretch where I just don't care as much. Like they just don't hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, if nothing else, these next three songs really just don't hit me great. Uh, so the theme of this song is don't lie to your family question mark um that's the whole song um at 107 we get some nice finger picking on the guitar and i feel like this is the point when we should have had some jazz flyer um this album could really use some jazz flyer for some variety and yeah this song just is kind of like meh (laughs) aside from the finger picking at 107 that was nice if we could have just had more of that what do you think, Aaron? Oh, we didn't get Jazz Flyer, but we got Sludge Flyer 59. <laughs> this is my eighth favorite song, which again, I'll get to it in the end. That's not a bad thing. Sludge Flyer 59. This is a slow burning vibe that the band executes very well. I like how they do a breakdown, and you think some screaming guitars are about to happen at like one but it doesn't and at from one minute nine seconds to one minute 32 seconds it just takes you back 
1997. That section reminds me of everybody, everybody but me on their Americana. This is like, to me, this is like the garage rock version of um, Americana, which is the best Starfire album. It's not debatable. It's just not debatable. I think it's debatable. It's not, I mean, we're going to have to have that conversation it's not, today. It's not debatable. It's a fact. <laughs> when the tempo I, uh, it's kicked up at a minute, 33 seconds, the song really soars. Um, is this the first song on this album that we have background vocals? I think it is. And that's a shame because Beach Boys, um, Daniel Amos, R.E.M., Star 59. These are bands that like execute background vocals so well. Like underneath, I mean, you can just go throughout whatever. And there's like, we're six songs in, and this is the first one that we have background vocals. And I know you're doing the whole garage rock thing, but come on. Background vocals are. What I you, mean, that's I think Jeff Cloud's vocals are at least on par with Jason's. So, like, he would be perfect. It's, yeah, Frank Lynn's too. Yeah, so I'm just like, this is the one flaw in this album because I get, and I'll get to when we wrap up, I get what they were doing. But I think the one flaw in this album is not enough background vocals because I think actually this is the only song that has background vocals when I'm thinking about it. And as far as lyrics go, hands in the air, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Cryptid Jason, I don't know what these lyrics are about. Three stars, not a skippable, still not a skippable song. All right. And I want to tell you, before we go on, the, so I mentioned Big Idea um, and then the Worth of Labor. So we're going to the, the, the fracture relationships. So now Worth of Labor, Jason's talking about his relationship with the fans and how that has its issues as well. And now not funny. I'm sure there's some, some, some relational dynamic there. I can't discern it, though, but I'm sure it's there. <laughs> don't lie to your family. Just don't don't lie. That's not funny, man. That could be it. That could be it. That could be it. Being truthful with your family, family strife. Okay. You want me to take sound on sound or you want to do it first? Tell me about sound on sound, because I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Best song in this album. I freaking love this song. Oh god. I'm gonna try to limit myself. Okay. <laughs> I can listen to this song. Okay. This is impossible. Okay, so like if again, like if I'm listening to a shuffle or something and the song comes on on like low volume because you know I'm driving or I'm with some people. I mean I'm driving with some people or I'm like with my kids at home, whatever. If it comes on, I'm like, I gotta skip it. Cause if I can't crank it, I ain't listening to it. Um, this song has to be cranked up when you listen to it. This is Jason's most straightforth rock song, and I love it. I mean, Too Much Fun is very straightforth rock, too, but there's a lot of textures and there's some nuances there. This is just garage band three-piece. We're just going to, like, let it rip. Oh, man, so good. There's so many cool guitar parts on this song. Oh, my God. The guitar parts from 121 to 127 and 143 to 148 slap your mama good. Oh, my gosh. Um, this song is literal ear crack. I listen to song on repeat, like when it comes on, like even when I'm researching this, I catch myself because I would listen to it, repeat, repeat. I'm like, Aaron, there's, um, there's like three other songs. <laughs> you got to listen to them. I'm like, all right, I'll stop hitting repeat. <laughs> I'll listen to the other three. Um, I wish this song was long. I wish this song was as long as Traffic Jam. If they could have done this like for like 12 minutes, 15 minutes, I would have loved it. 
This song is get in your car, crank this baby, drive, repeat. Four stars. Best song on the album. What do you think, Sam? Go ahead and break my heart. Um, I'm, I'm well, I mean, it's not it's not all bad. Bless your heart. Um, it's not all bad. Like honestly, this reminds me a bit of a uh, more straightforward version of Monkey Heart off of the Pony Express album. It does. Um, but you know, not as crazy as that song. Just more straight straight no. ahead rock. Um, you're right. I wish it was longer. I really do. It's a nice, gritty instrumental um, proof of Jason Martin's guitar skills, which he's always yes. had, but he doesn't always show off. Yes. Which I think is good. Like, I think, you know, it's kind of like if you have to tell everyone in the room you're the smartest guy, then you're probably not. Likewise, yeah. if you have to show off your guitar skills all the time, you're probably not that great of a guitarist. Um, whereas if you can restrain yourself, you got something. Yep. Um, and I think this song is proof that Starfire 59 needs two guitarists when they're playing live. And I get it. Like they're a blue collar band, they have no money, they probably, you know, probably couldn't afford two guitarists. But like I don't, I just wish they had two guitars when they were playing live. Like Jeff Cloud knows how to play guitar. Have him pit down the bass, you know, and just play guitar on some of the songs at least. But either way. That's that's the song. It's a it's a fun, it's a nice fun ride along. Okay, all right, not too bad. So we haven't we haven't got to your favorite song yet, huh? No, um, I I think probably my like two and three would be um, wake up and teens in love. I oh. think, um, but my favorite track is still coming. Okay, which you can probably guess at this point, but. I don't think I can. I hope it's not the next one, which I'll take. Okay, so, go for it. Destiny, my least favorite song in this album. <laughs> and again, there's no bad song to this. And when we get to the wrap-up, it'll be killer. Um, this song continues the musical themes that have been established in this album. Mid-tempo, rock riffs, chunky bass lines, some, some metal rhythms, you know. Um, the song suffers, though, from the Indiana effect on gold placement and repetitive melodies. So like if Indiana would have been like a um, like a bonus track on like the LaVancour EP, I think I would like that song better because in the context of gold, it gets repetitive. I think if Destiny was like some type of B-side on like Can't Stop Eating or, or they put it on Portuguese Blues, the um vinyl ep i think i would like it more but in the context of this album it just suffers where it is um it's three and this is the first time i've ever given a song ever in my life this rating is two and three four stars because when we get to like a, a later album in the future that i'm not going to mention right now there's going to be a lot of songs that are going to be two and a half stars and i don't want to make I don't want, and this song is better than most of those songs on the album. So I just want to give it a little umph, a little. So I know, so I know the song's better than those songs and said album we're going to get, um, unsaid album we're going to get into. So two and three fourth stars. Lyrically, eh, again, traveling problems. I don't know. What do you think, Sam? 
Um, so this song is doubting a relationship while on the road? Question mm-hmm. mark. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what I'm thinking uh, too. Um, sparse lyrics, but I feel like this isn't even interesting. Sparse lyrics. Like Jason Martin has two types of sparse lyrics. He has lyrics that are. You know, I think some thought was put into them, and, you know, he wants some meaning behind them. Then he has lyrics, I think he just wrote something down on paper so he'd have something to play with his guitar. Yeah. Um, And I think this falls into that latter category. Um, Also, the the title just makes me think of that joke from Back to the Future. You are my density. Um, Like, I I just kind of wish this would have been turned into a giant Back to the Future joke. Or anything better. (laughs) Uh, and you're right musically this this falls into what we talked about with ronnie where it's that no man's land tracks eight yeah. nine yeah um, and everything just blurs together and it just like this needed to be a, like the lyrics needed to be sharper maybe like a, a comedy song we yeah. needed some i don't know some some harder edge guitars make this like a screamo song I, just something to shake yeah. it up here yeah. Um, it just blends like heck whip out the synthesizer just make this like um, out of nowhere where, where did this come from <laughs> right like, like like the song old like the song old <laughs> yeah just out of nowhere like we have yet to hear like this would even been like a good place for like an acoustic song right um yeah garage rock has lots of just acoustic numbers yeah i would have been down for like a slow acoustic number here and i feel like this song could even translate to that pretty well all of these songs could it's, they're all good. They're all good written songs. Absolutely. So, but alas, we're what we're stuck with is a um, song that is not my destiny. <laughs> um, all right. Next up, we'll go to No Revolution, which I just read it as Revolution Nine because it's the ninth track. Um, <laughs> no. Revolution Nine, Nine, no, Nine. No, no, no. His. No, I thought that was like your favorite track off the White Album. There's n- none of my, no, <laughs> no. I'm just gonna bite my tongue. <laughs> just... <All> right. <laughs> um, this at least gets a bit more interesting. Um, we kind of move into Sludge Flyer, like you was saying earlier. Um, this song sounds really angry, and you know, like he's singing through molasses, and um. I think the slower pace is a welcome change. Like you wouldn't think slowing it down would work, but I feel like it works here. Um, I'm confused with the lyrics though. Like he's mad at someone. I, I just don't know who, I guess if we're going with the relationship theme, you know, those, uh, those days when you're really mad at your, your spouse, you know, you ain't getting any, no, no revolution out of me. Things are staying the way they are by golly. Maybe. I don't know. Um, maybe he's shouting at fans, you know, I'm not going to change for you. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's an okay song. I think it's a step up from the past, from the song before it, definitely. Um, and leads into the last song really nicely, actually. So what are your thoughts? I think that I love you, Sam. Someone I'm afraid of. <laughs> I think that this is my sixth favorite song on this album. You nailed it. More Sludge Fire 59. Um, this is like a sludgy Nazareth. It has a sludgy Nazareth feel to the song. 
heavy Nazareth, not love hurts Nazareth, the more heavy stuff. Um, it's the music is drony and muddy. Um, at the one minute 29 second mark to one minute 33 second, there's this high pitched guitar playing. Um, love that part. It repeats multiple times throughout the song, but um, those four seconds are um, one example where you can hear it. Um, and then I love like the space laser sounds throughout. Um, so dope. Um, and I think you're kind you're you're on you're on par with um, the lyrics. I think it's about um, trouble in, in a close relationship. Um, you know, because there's three. I mean, husband, wife, child. You know, at the time they they had one child. Um, so it's probably that and. No revolution about saying like I'm not like I'm not trying to leave. I'm not trying like I'm not a changed person. Whatever argument we're having, this is not like some revolution from who I am as a person. We're just having a disagreement at this time. And I and again, like I said, in all these relationships of these songs, and I love that it's called the, I'm the Portuguese blues because if I didn't know the Martins were Portuguese, so that's interesting. That's cool. But if that's true, I mean, which I mean, not if he said it, so it's, it is true. Um, but yeah, with that, the, um, with human interaction, there's problems. And um, when you're in a family relationship, you know, you have arguments, but that doesn't mean that you're like trying to like blow up the situation or whatever. Sometimes it's, you're just having a disagreement. And so I really appreciate that, you know, when um, I think a lot of people need to, in relationships, need to understand that at times when you feel like the person's like, like just changed on you or they're just like, like not who you thought they were, it's probably just them reacting to a situation and trying to make the best out of it. They're not trying to like, you know, blow up the relationship or leave you or whatever. So I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. And um, I love that the blues is in the title of this album, this album because it's all blues. <laughs> Although the mu- music's not, some songs are blues, but most of it's just straight forth rock. Three stars, and like I said, my sixth favorite song. All right, Sam, I need some so help. So this just, this just clicked in my head. Um, it's the album's called "I Am the Portuguese Blues" because it's blues. Like, you know, blues as in um, sad songs, yeah, as yeah, as opposed yeah. to, you know, a specific style Yeah. about a Portuguese family, his yeah. family. <laughs> I don't know why that took so long to click, but it could be blues about his life. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'm singing the blues about my life. Um, yeah, well, you didn't know he was Portuguese. So how would yeah. you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I I did read that. Like, I'm I did read that little interview snippet. Okay. So number ten, I need some help. Um. So this is another angry song, but I really like the conclusion this one comes to. Um, and I think this as a ending track is perfect for this album. Um, I need some help. Before this bitterness can kill me from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all this relationship stuff, all this people's, it's hard sometimes. Sometimes it, it can, if you let it eat you from the inside, and this is nothing new. We all know this, but we don't always acknowledge it. 
that um, if I don't get some help, rather that's seeking counseling, sitting down and having a talk with my spouse, um, Jesus, whatever, you know, you may seek help in. If you don't get that help, you're going to tear yourself out from the inside. Um, and I love this as a closing track to all this strife of all the previous songs. Um, the music is a nice echo of the opening track. Um, and I like my closing tracks to musically stand out a bit more. Like if I could, you know, get some, once again, I need this to either be an acoustic number or I need it to be big and loud, like dungeon. Right. Um, I, one of the two, this this is a bit more meandering. This is your favorite song, isn't it? This is my favorite song. (laughs) Um, the lyrical content really hits home for me. Um, I think it's a good message um, to leave the album on. And this we've talked about this before, but this is what I, I do like about Jason's uh, lyrics in the fact that he's super vague and sparse. And, um, you know, even though he, he, he himself will be like, yeah, I'm a Christian artist, whatever. Um, he never like goes out of his way to preach anything. Rather, he just lets kind of... Like, you can imagine all the stuff leading to anything else. Like, it would mm. just not make sense to, for the album to end on more strife. It makes far more sense for it to end on a note of, here's what I need to do to fix all this crap behind me. Exactly. Um, and so, as a closing track, I just I do love it for this album. Not my favorite closing track of all time, but I like it for this album. So, my favorite track on the album. Nice. This is my third favorite song. So sound on sound. Um, um, damn, I forgot already. <laughs> what is it? It is big idea. That's right, the big idea. And then this um, lyrically, this song reminds me of the, the Bon Voyage song "West Coast Friendship," a song about a strained relationship. And then that's a friendship, but I'm with you. I think this is probably more of a, like a romantic relationship, but it could work on multiple levels because you're right. It's about, I, I need some help. All these, this, this stress is causing me distress. So I need some help from my friends, therapy, family, all the above. So I'm with you on that. Um, and Jason's wishes hell on another person for the first time since fashion focus. Yay. Congrats. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I was like, <laughs> the closest he ever comes to cussing on his albums, you know. That's true. Fashion focus and Portuguese blues. Um, love the chugging guitar, chugging garage feel of this album. The intensity of the drums. It's a great background, um, the backbone for this song. Minute ten to a minute twenty-two reminds me of um some of the guitar work. That Jason does on once more from the um, Miami EP. Um, check it out. It does for me. I don't know if it does for anyone else, but listening to it this way, like, oh, this reminds me of once more. Cool. Um, which I love that song too. Um, Jason's vocals on this song are my favorite on this album. Besides Teens in Love, I think Teens in Love is his best vocal performance in this. And then this one. Um, Jason doesn't need any help with this song. This song's a great closer. I agree. This is the best closer. I can't imagine of all these songs, even Sound the Sound, which I love, ending on that would have been weird. Um, and besides, so far, besides, leave here a stranger. J 
Jason's crushed the closers. Um, oh, you mean because Leave Here a Stranger has like it has even better closer, like the best closing, in fact. Uh, well, body slam you and your mom, Sam. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> this is three and a half stars. Third favorite song. That's it. Yeah, love the song. All right. Um, so, in conclusion, um, this I think this album is the better version of Enemy Ships. <laughs> I never thought of that. That's funny. Okay. This is the better version of Enemy Ships. <laughs> so here's where I'm I'm stuck. I'm stuck too. And our, our two previous albums, Old and Leave Here a Stranger, are far more complex in both lyrical themes and arrangements, right? Mm, absolutely. Much more complex in albums. And production. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Production, arrangements. Uh, lyrics everything i can't decide if this album's a step back like you can tell he went back to the you know some old stuff he had yeah is this an album a step back or is it a nice breather saying okay i'm gonna give you a breather from all that production and just let's change up the pace a little bit or is this just being like you know what i'm really tired and i'm out of ideas let's just heat up this leftover pizza Right, I, I can't decide. Um, is it a change of pace, or is it just I'm really tired and out of ideas? I don't know. Um, so lyrics, I give a 1.5. I, I want to give it higher, but honestly, so many of the lyrics just have me drawing question marks and not any clear ideas. Mm -hmm. And um, so I can only give the lyrics 1.5. I think the music deserves a 2. It's some great garage rock. It's not perfect. I think there could be some steps up here. It could have used more guitar solos. It could use more variation in tempo. Um, there was a lot of the mid-tempo. More background vocals. Like, yeah. Um, like, this album, you know what could have benefited if he would have had, like, Julie come in and just do background vocals on every track. Yes, yes. Like, that would be killer. Um mm -hmm. Overall, I'm torn between a 1.5 and a 2. Like, I get why people don't like this album. After, you know, the a near-perfect three-album stretch, and then, you know, a pretty great album with old, and then you get to this, and it just feels pretty so great. out of place. Pretty great. Old's amazing. That <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, yeah, but, like, <laughs> it's just you get – and then you get – you know, this just feels weird, and um, I don't know. It just it needed an extra umph to really push yeah. it above and beyond. Yeah. Um, so I think I'll I'll go I'll swing higher because I appreciate um, the talent of this band and what they can do. Mm -hmm. Um, five point five out of nine is what I give it. Okay. So. I, I wish I could give it higher. I really do. Like I want. I came into this wanting to love this album because I knew its reputation, and I like liking things more than I like hating things. You know. Yeah. Um. But I just, you know, this isn't going to be the album I'm going to come back to. I'm going to keep coming back to old and leave here stranger and fashion focus and gold if I'm feeling particularly gloomy. You know. Yeah. Um. This one I just listen to if it happens to be in the mix. Aaron. I'm with you, Sam. This is okay. This is the hardest Starfire album for me to rate 
for all these years I'm at the lay of putting you. It's it it really is because I'm with you, Sam. Um, but I I think okay. So we mentioned earlier that these were songs that Jason had ideas record. We we don't know how um um sussed out fleshed out they were after Americana, but these were after Americana, and for whatever reason he chose to not do them, and he chose to do fashion focus instead. Cool. All right. And so after Fast Focus, um, Leave Her a Stranger, Old, we have this. And so I think, to, to, to your question, I think I don't think he ran out of ideas. I think this album was like, we have these songs, change of pace. We'll put this out. We're working on the next album. We'll just put this out for now because why waste these songs? Because they're good songs. I mean, like, no, way, no matter how you feel about this album, I don't think most people would think these are terrible songs. Like, these aren't like matchbox 20 songs these are good songs no so, these are yeah. songs i would have rather heard on live at the paradox exactly the songs we got exactly and so um so i think jason's like okay here's a change of pace like you were saying i think it was a change of pace strip down just straight forth rock give it that's my interpretation of this and that's what makes this hard because there's I drive I drive a lot. I love I love your photographs, dual overhead cam, underneath like these just iconic songs that are just like so much better because of production, lyrical content, et cetera, et cetera, than these songs. But they're not bad. And I, I understand the reputation of these songs, but I listen to this album probably more than any Star 559 album. <laughs> Because it's so accessible, like, like, I, like I love Prince, right? And like, I listen to his Batman soundtrack so much more than like a lot of his other way better albums I know. Because it's just such, it's just straightforward pop rock goodness. It's just like you can just put it on, you can put this album on, and just like drive and just like listen to it. You know, it's great. You don't have to like invest in it lyrically because the lyrics, like we mentioned, aren't that great. And it's just great music, though, like because everything can be serious. Everything can be everything can be artistic. Sometimes you just need I just want to some good music and just like have it just like nourish my soul and just not think about it. And that's what this album is to me. But then you have Americana, you have fashion focus and everybody makes mistakes. So it's like, how do I rate this album? Because it's not as good as those. But I, it's just something about this album just like viscerally just draws me to it. Like I'm like, I can listen to this album at. I can't always be in the mood to listen to Leave Here a Stranger, but I can always be in the mood to listen to this album. So I'm super torn. So that's what drives me crazy about this album. Okay. Um, and I also think that this is probably Jason's best guitar work on any Starfire album. I really do. Like we mentioned, there's so much guitar goodness. And it's so short, this album, I get it. But if you listen to it, especially on headphones, Jason is just shredding constantly throughout. In the background, there's some buried stuff. It's just amazing. Um, and of the 15 Starfire filmings we have at this point before Life in Bed comes out, so I guess it'll be 16 then, but right now it's 15. This is my like my 10th favorite, and I listen to it the most of, <laughs> out of all of them. Next to Americana. It's probably Americana, then this one. Um, I'd love every song, and like I mentioned before, if a song comes on, I listen to the whole album. I never skip a song in this album. There are songs on other Starfire albums that I skip. Leave Your Stranger. Guess which one? It's a perfect driving album. And but individually, these songs aren't great. 
but as a whole, if you just listen to it as an album as a whole, so much more better than some of his parts. Because like Unlucky by itself, it's not a great song, but in the context of this album, perfect. It's amazing. This album straight up rock perfection. Should have been a billboard hit. And if you think about it, what other rock bands could have put delivered a solid rock album like this? Could Radiohead make this type of rock album? No. Could REM? No. Could the White Stripes? No, I and look, and I know you referenced you referenced the White Stripes in this, but could they make an album like this? Could Weezer? No, none of them could. Go I ahead. think this is very garage rock. White Stripes, Black Keys, they could have all done stuff like this. Um, I'm not this good, though. I think... They could not do sound mm, mm. mm. okay. We'll agree to disagree. Yeah, so overall, that's what I'm saying, is that... So with all that said, this is so hard for me to rate this because... It's such a fun album. It's like, okay, um, would you rather have, okay, would you rather have like a nice pizza or would you rather have like a night some cotton candy, right? And I love pizza. You know, it'll fill you up and everything and whatever. But cotton candy's delicious too, but you can't have it for dinner. Portuguese blues is like the cotton candy. It's like, yeah, you can eat as much as you want, whatever. It's not going to spoil your appetite. It's it, You love it wherever you have it. You don't hate it. And that's how I feel at Portuguese Blues. This is my cotton candy. So overall, I'm with you lyrically, 1.5. Musically, oh man, I guess 2.5. Overall, 1.5. So was that a 7? 7. I give this a 7 out of 9. Uh, actually, it would be, um, if you did 1.5, 2.5, that would be 4. And then 1.5, that'd be 5.5 like mine. Oh, well, let's let's bump that up to a 6.5, not okay. 7. <laughs> yeah, it, because it's so hard because it's... Because, yeah, there's so many albums so much better, but but it's still good for what it is because it's just a straightforward rock album that is just straightforward rock and it's done perfectly, like, besides background vocals. That's the only, and- that's the only flaw with this. And don't get me wrong, like, if he would have just made an EP of, like, five of these songs, I would have said, gee, I wish there was a whole entire album of this. He did. The Portuguese LP. I mean, EP. (laughs) I just, you know, there is... um, So, I definitely am glad we got a full album. I I, wish it had a bit more oomph to it. I think maybe, uh, I don't know, something... But I still like it. Don't get me wrong. I do not hate this album. I know. And I, I, I even with the background vocals comment, I still hate saying that because I can listen. Like, I've listened to this so much this week. Like, and I, 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 I didn't get, like, frustrated or, like, want to skip or get bored or tired. Like, I, I didn't skip one song. Like, I was just, like, I repeat, like, no issues at all. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Well, guys, um, that has been our review of this album. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and plug ourselves. We have also have a second podcast. We have Amos, Strong Points, Weak Points. Check it out. If you um, want to see the lyrical opposite of Starfire and the fact that they're (laughs) very dense and... We talk about the lyrics maybe a little bit too much. 
I'm going to check out that podcast sometime. It really is the opposite of Star Parlors. And Jason would totally agree with that. Yeah, no, um, I think everyone involved would agree with that. <laughs> until That's then fun. thank you everyone so much for listening we love you all up there um thank you guys really appreciate it yeah absolutely Go As spend always, Look, if you haven't listened to it in a while put in some headphones however you listen to it streaming um cd whatever and just listen to it in your headphones and i'm telling you man you're gonna appreciate this album so much more and I'm curious to see, um, next up, we're going to review the Never Play covers, which is just a few songs off of this live. So I'm curious to see how that goes, to see if like these songs translate as well as I think they will live. Oh, yeah, they will. <laughs> All right. Until next time, guys, my name is Samuel. And I'm Aaron. This has been a Brothers King Media production. <laughs>